Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Many thanks to you all for being here today to celebrate the completion of many months precept study in community. And thank you for coming together as we commit ourselves to embody the precepts in our daily lives. Um, the next phase is to um, hear voices of what it's like to participate in the precepts program. So I'm going to call people by name, and uh, I hope everybody is present uh, who sent in uh, a, a statement for the uh, for our program. So I'll begin with Brian. Brian, would you read your statement? <clears throat> for me, the, the precepts program revealed a part which has driven a lot of suffering for myself and others throughout my life. Uh, this part believes that it needs to strive for material achievement in order to be accepted, loved, satisfied, happy in life. As I worked with each precept throughout the program, I noticed this consistent theme arising over and over again. And by practicing with this part, I'm continuing to learn to bring an open awareness to it in each moment, which uh, already has, has loosened the grip of this long-held conditioning on my thoughts and actions. So next, is Susan Kaderka, and I know that Susan could not be here, but I'm gonna read her statement. What impressed me most about taking the precepts was the sense of invitation. The way Diane Rosetto frames the engagement with each precept, it constitutes an invitation to look closely and compassionately at how the idea or the aspiration embodied in each precept operates in my life. What I learned surprised me, in many cases affected me very deeply. I gained insight into how my failures to, quote, take up the way of one precept or another had its roots in various coping mechanisms I had developed over time, and that my ability to take up the way moving forward involved recognizing and embracing those necessities and then opening to the possibility of new ways being. And Rosemary, may I go back to you now? Are you ready? Uh, yes, I think I have mine here. Yes. Um, okay. Just let me get it a little bit bigger. Okay. The precepts provide a continuous reflection of myself in the world back to me. While hard to swallow sometimes, my practice, especially the repentance vow and the refuges, provide a place to be with these areas that need a little improvement. They may have made me much more thoughtful and curious about what I say, think, and feel. It opens the door to more compassion to myself and others. I will add that it's a renewal of my commitment to uh, living by vow and to learning what that means. Thank you. Thank you, Rosemary. Lisa, are you able to? Okay, please go ahead. Mm -hmm. 
the precepts, oh, let me turn my volume up a little. Um, the precepts are a lovely reminder of ways to think about how to live a balanced life that respects all parts of our universe, animals, fellow humans, plants, really anything that comprises and inhabits our earth. There are no end of sticky wickets or sorrows we encounter in life, challenging circumstances. What are we to do if we don't have values, morals, and an internal compass pointed towards the good? We would only flounder and possibly take down those around us. Who among us can't benefit from the accumulated wisdom of the ages and sages regarding learned lessons of the good and how to behave to promote this? The precepts are to be embodied to become a part of who we become. Thank you. Lisa Kuntz. Okay, this is, can you hear me okay? Yes. This is my second time around for the precepts, actually. And the first time was 15 years ago. And I was so emotionally dysregulated and out of focus at that time that, you know, I could just kind of scratch the surface and not integrate uh, all these teachings. So this time around, Joel made it really easy for me because I shared, I, I really have some problems focusing and concentrating. And he kind of gave me permission to um, stick with things in a different way than I ideally wish they were. What most changed in my practice and life over the past year is my relationship with anger. I am learning to accept that I have parts that hold on to and express rage, and I judge them for that. Judging those young and vulnerable parts simply creates shame and more internal raging. I especially notice how I cling to anger and don't want to let go of it. Admitting to my, this to myself, and learning that others are struggling with it, that I don't really have a monster within me, rather a hurt young heart that is easily triggered by unexplained separations and disappearances, helps me let go of anger. And it helps that young heart relax as I listen to its story with compassion. It's been a long, slow journey to freedom for those vulnerable young hearts. Letting go of anger is a lot of energy. Nancy Lee. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Joe, for teaching the precepts. Um, this is also my second time, but the first time is during the pandemic and I was um, working on my dissertation, so I did not like attend for the whole time. Uh, the statement, yeah, this time I try my best to like, um, work with it, and uh, this is my statement. The precepts have enabled me to live, to view life with openness and clarity. I have learned to embrace and cherish others more deeply, finding it easier to let go of things than before. I now take a moment to pause and reflect before responding. 
considering whether my words nurture or harm life and how a Buddha or Bodhisattva would handle this situation. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. John? Thank you. Um, I guess before I share my statement, I just want to express gratitude to everyone and to Joel for the time spent this year. Um, really working with every precept was um, transformative and valuable in its own way. But for my statement, I did choose to focus on one that um, resonated deeply with me. So this year, exploring the precept, I take up the way of meeting others on equal ground. I felt profoundly alter my perspective and my practice. My early life, like I imagine most of ours to be, um, was marked by authoritarian adult figures exerting power over me as I made sense of the world around me. Upon inquiry, I realized how they shaped my own posture to relationships even to this day, either by asserting power over others or perceiving power over me. Engaging with this precept taught me that power dynamics in relationships are illusory and malleable. They exist, but they can be exercised with love and awareness, emphasizing the inherent equality of the ground with which we all share. Thank you. Ed Sanchez. Hey, um, this is my, my first time going through the precepts. Um, I did that on my own and I radically highlighted and underlined the book so I could barely read it this time, which was great. Um, and I do want to first offer <clears throat> deep, deep bows and extreme gratitude uh, for you, Joel, for presenting this and taking the time to do this with us, for us, and for everyone else who was involved. Um, so this time around, um, our involvement with the precepts this year has reinforced standards and goals for living and offered new insights as to how the precepts are an integrated whole that have tangible application to everyday living. Having the precepts individually and as a whole continue to make tangible and pragmatic impacts to awareness, liberation, and relationship. And I just want to add that the precepts are living as instructions for being able to live the bodhisattva vow. Pam Sykes. This was my first study of the precepts and I was absolutely a beginner in the midst of endless opportunity to learn. It became clear early on that to truly learn the precepts incorporated into my cells, bones, and fascia meant living them and tripping over them, not merely understanding them. Loving the whole experience of this study with the deep dives and embodied learning on top of resonating with the precepts themselves increased my confidence that I'm where I belong. With that understanding, my dedication to practice deepened, carving out time for sitting became paramount and my desire for further practice deepening opportunities remained strong. A word of gratitude for Joel and those sharing the journey. I would say also that those who were in this study group, the sharing of wisdom and experience, the modeling of living as a bodhisattva and the holding of us with the utmost respect and compassion made our learning space feel safe and nurturing, allowing us to quickly move beyond the intellectual and into the experiential where things get real. I am grateful for that generosity of everyone. Thank you. 
Marla Sullivan. First, I would like to thank you, Joel, for making this and so many other opportunities available to me in the last year. Um, I'm nearing the end, or I am at the end of my second precepts class in as many years, and it feels different this time. The newness, awe, and sharp edges of the first time have softened, and the principles now feel like the flow of my blood. Choosing how to assess my intent or the ethical effect of, the action, of my actions is more instinctive and doesn't require a pause to ask, is this action in accordance with the guidelines? For example, rather than wondering, is binging Netflix an intoxicant? The better question is whether it separates me from reality and my relationships. I've now been exposed to the insights of twice as many teachers and fellow students which has broadened my thinking. This evolution of perspective reinforces my understanding that infinite immersion in the precepts and taking classes whenever possible will enhance my appreciation for the nuances and the power of the precepts and keep my feet firmly on the Bodhisattva path. Thank you. I wanna say that I saw Chris Schulman uh, on screen before I didn't acknowledge him and but I, I told Chris that even though I was unable to get his statement into the um, into the program that uh, I hope to be able to call on him today Chris please go ahead if you want to read or share what you have I'm sorry me you yeah. yes Chris I'm not sure why it took me so long to get to this. I've been practicing for something like 16, 17 years. And this is, I think, the fifth time I've taken a precepts class. Um, I think I was intimidated for a long time by, I know I was intimidated for a long time by the word vow. Um, it took me a, a long time to understand that although these are not shalt nots, they felt like shalt nots because that's what I was raised with. And the precepts are not greatly different from what I believe and how I've always lived. Um, and studying the precepts so much and discussing them in Sangha softened those, those hard edges for me. So I'm able to do this today. The precepts call me constantly back from pain, chaos, and self-condemnation. They remind me that I am perfect just as I am, but I could be a little better. They remind me that hurting other beings makes no sense because they and I are one, not separate. And they remind me that what I do in love and mindfulness of the precepts benefits all being. Thank you. 
Shelley Minton. Thank you, Joel and John, for your assistance in my aim for this study year, which was to move beyond theoretical understanding of the precepts into embodied action. I appreciated having a precept theme for the month and practiced incorporating that theme into my relationships at work and at home. When discovering my practice and edges, I was able to meet them with more self-compassion and gentle attention. In addition, study with the group meant that um, my big takeaway was learning how many different perspectives can arise from exactly the same words. I learned to slow down, listen more carefully, and let the ideas expressed around me steep into broadened understanding. All right, well, let us turn to now the traditional precepts completion ceremony, uh, which I've adapted from uh, a version constructed from ancient uh, traditional sources by our teachers, Peg Cyberson and Flint Sparks. In faith that we are Buddha, invoking the presence and compassion of our ancestors, we enter Buddha's way. Homage to the Buddha's and directions. Homage to the complete Dharma in ten directions. Homage to the endless Sangha in ten directions. Homage to our first teacher, Chakramuni Buddha. Homage to the single being succession of bodhisattvas and ancestors. Homage to A. Dogen Zenji. Homage to Shogaku Shunru. Homage to Charlotte Jokobek. Homage to Zenke Blanche Hartman. May their presence and compassion sustain us now. Walking the path of the Bodhisattva is accomplished through the spirit and actuality of renunciation. All the Buddha ancestors of the, Bodha, uh, the Bodhisattva precept lineage practiced and are still practicing renunciation of all attachments. Renunciation is an unsurpassable way of harmonizing body and mind with the Buddha way. If we give up attachments, we are free. We are Buddha. To sustain and confirm the practice of the Bodhisattva precepts, for the meaning is in living them, we now offer you the precepts. In order to be fully Awakened in the practice of Buddha's precepts, we start with the pure practice of confession. So please say with me our uh, chant of confession three times. All my ancient twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully bow. All my ancient twisted karma, from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully bow. All my ancient twisted karma, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully bow. I see that this is a version that was written before Peg Flint rewrote the normal way we say our confession. And I see that I'm only going to say the next thing. Um, I have a question. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yes. Um, yes. At this point, should the we be on gallery view so we could see each other? What do you What do you think? It's up to you. Yes, gallery view. We have you on gallery view here. 
Okay, so let me let me do that so we can see each other. Is that not a setting on every person's computer? It may be. Okay, I'm gonna ask you three times and I ask you to respond. I will each time. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind and have been freed from your greed, hate, and delusion through your bowels. Oh, good disciples of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures, even after great liberation. Will you continue this truthful practice? Yes. I will. Yes, I will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. Oh, good disciples of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, yes, I will. You have gone beyond the karma of body, speech, and mind, and have been freed from greed, hate, and delusion. O oh, good disciples of Buddha, now you may live in the way of the three, the three treasures. Even after great liberation, will you continue this truthful practice? Yes, yes, I will. Again, I'm going to ask a question three times and ask you to respond, yes, I will, three times. You have purified our body, and our mind and body. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. Are you seated with Buddha? And are you really Buddha's child? Or, I'm sorry, you are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, I will. We have purified our body and mind. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, I will. We have purified our body and mind. Now you may receive the path of the precepts of the three treasures. Are you seated? You are seated with Buddha and are really Buddha's child. Will you receive these precepts? Yes, I will. Please join me in taking refuge in the triple treasure, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. I take refuge in Buddha. I take refuge in Dharma. I take refuge in Sangha. We take refuge in Buddha before all being, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. We take refuge in Dharma before all being, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. We take refuge in Sangha before all being, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Buddha. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Dharma. Now all being has completely taken refuge in Sangha. In taking refuge, you have returned to your original nature, free from attachments and limited ways. From now on, awakening is your teacher. All beings are your teacher. Do not be fooled by other ways. This is the path of mercy for all existence and things. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, I will. Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures. Yes, I will. 
Do you agree to follow this compassionate path of the three treasures? Yes, I will. Now will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, I will. Now will you receive the pure the three pure precepts? Yes, I will. Now you now will you receive the three pure precepts? Yes, I will. Please uh, I will say this and repeat it after me and then we'll hear our flag at the repeat. I vow to refrain from all evil. I vow to refrain from all evil. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to do all that is good. I vow to clarify the mind for the benefit of all beings. I vow to clarify the mind for the benefit of all beings. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding in the three pure precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Now, will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes, I will. Now, will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes, I will. Now, will you receive the ten grave precepts? Yes, I will. So, let us read these together and there will be a cloud at the end of each one. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to kill or harm that which is living. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to steal or take what is not freely given. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to misuse sexuality or manipulate others seductively. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to lie and to refrain from deception. I vow not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to intoxicate mind or body of self or others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to slander or allow silence to harm others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to praise self at the expense of others. I vow not to grasp what I have or be envious of what I don't. I vow not to grasp what I have or to be envious of what I don't. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to harbor anger or ill will or seek vengeance or retribution. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. I vow not to disparage the three treasures. Abiding according to the ten great precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. Abiding according to the ten grave precepts, even after great liberation, will you continuously observe them? Yes, I will. You have received Buddha's precepts and are a child of Buddha. 
Now you can really work for all beings and realize Buddha nature as yourself. You yourself and all beings are the Tathagata. Now, by these acts of invocation, renunciation, confession, purification, taking refuge, and receiving the precepts, we become the working basis of the Buddha way. We have become, by those actions, the ground for the arising of the mind of awakening. So say this with me two times and I'll say the last one on that. We offer this ceremony to the enlightenment of all beings, like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water. We live in the pure mind of Buddha. We offer this ceremony to the enlightenment of all beings, like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water. We live in the pure mind of Buddha. We offer this ceremony to the enlightenment of all beings, like a cloud in an endless sky, like a lotus in muddy water. We live in the pure mind of Buddha. So uh, in a traditional ceremony, we would be giving uh, rakusus or other robes uh, and lineage papers signifying a place in, in an ancient lineage. This is a slightly different ceremony. Today we remember that we are never separated from Buddha and, that we, and we receive this practice path of the precepts as an ongoing reminder of commitment. This practice supports us in becoming a larger and larger container for life. And these small cups, which I do not have with me, but will send to everyone through the mail, represent an ordinary container for this extraordinary practice. So if I may ask you, simply make a cup with your hands. And no, these small cups represent an ordinary container for this extraordinary practice. So, I, I would like to offer a chance for uh, reflections, uh, but before anyone gets a chance to speak about their reflections, I want to offer my congratulations to everyone. This is a very moving ceremony for me, and it is such a powerful step to take in one's life, to acknowledge these, these deep promises, these deep aspirations, this commitment that there's a, a famous expression in, in Chan Buddhism um, called stepping off the 100 foot pole. This feels like that to me. And I'm so grateful to everyone who has given me their time and their wonderful attention over the last year and their, and their wonderful participation of the in the way that the members of this group have welcomed each other and held each other, both when we met on Zoom and through the other media that we've had for communicating, uh, where so much has, has transpired. I'm so grateful for the, the, the upwelling springs of love and compassion that this group shows. Thank you. And I invite anyone with uh, reflections to raise their hand either here or online.
and by, by reflections, I mean reflections on the impact of this ceremony. I'll say something. Kim, you may not be able to see Kim where Well, they can see me in the big picture. Yeah, okay. Um, hearing this and hearing the beautiful reflections is kind of a renewal for me, though. And I'm just really super impressed, but also it's, it's easy to forget. And I really loved hearing, this was a wonderful ceremony, thank you. Mm -hmm. And it seems like people um, approaches with a tremendous amount of depth and general beings. Absolutely, absolutely. I really agree. I'm so grateful for that. So, I'm not seeing any other hands at this time. And um, we can conclude for the day. That is congenial. I want to say thank you. Again, I hope you're not disappointed that I'm not showing your certificates and your cups, but be patient, it will come. Uh, just as you've been. Sorry, we're, and I'm sorry, we're going to do, I'm going to step to the end of the bowing mat. We'll do three standing bows together, and Kim will read three bells for those.